You bet. (laughs) Welcome to Interruptions Podcast. I am your co-host, Reverend O. And I am your other co-host, Coach Kathy. Hi. How are you? (laughs) This is different. Yes. (laughs) We are first time. Both of us are in the studio. Kathy's no longer in Boston. She's back in Shady, Connecticut. And we are here today continuing our parking lot series. And our guest we have with us today is the famous Raphael Ramos. Raphael, welcome to Interruptions Podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Odo. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Kathy. Hi. Hi. And Raphael, for those of you that do not know, he is the founder and president of Bergamo's Community Theater in New Haven. And it is a awesome theater. And I met bruh, I, I met Raphael when we were looking at doing the interruption production. Okay. And I was first introduced to him in this beautiful studio and had to have him on the show. The pandemic is lightening up a little bit. The stage is starting to return, and we wanted to invite you to the show. So, Raphael, please tell us something about you. One, introduce our guest to you, please, and then tell us something about you that we can't find on LinkedIn or if we Google it. Okay. So, uh, you want me to introduce myself? Yeah. Uh, My name name is uh, Raphael Ramos. Uh, I am born and raised in New York City. I've been in New Haven for 33 years now. Um, I work at the city of New Haven. I am the director of environmental health at the health department. Uh, But I'm also the president and founder of Bregamos Community Theater and Big Turtle Village Camp. Okay. Um, Bregamos Community Theater has been around for about 22 years. And Big Turtle Village has been around about 22 years. They both sort of grew together. Big Turtle Village is a five-day camping trip for children ages six. I mean, I'm sorry, ages eight to 12. And it's an environmental camp where we teach concepts about the preservation of the natural environment. And how long have you been doing that, you said? 22 years. What made you start that? Uh, The uh, turtle. Big Turtle Village. Big Turtle Village. Well, I uh, and it's interesting. So I was the president of Junta for Junta. Progressive Ad- Avenue ah. uh, for Progressive Action on Grand Avenue. Yeah. Interestingly, I'm the president again as of January. But when I was the president of Junta back in uh, 2000, uh, I came to a meeting one day, and there were kids um, waiting for their parents to pick them up outside. And they were coming from uh, some amusement park. I can't even think of the name, but um, it cost them a lot of money to go to that amusement park. And I thought, why not take the same money and do something more meaningful that may last? Because kids are going to go to a carnival or something sometime during the summer with some family member, if not their own parents, right? Mm -hmm. But a five-day camping trip in the woods... It's, it's still remember that forever. <laughs> so, um, so it's a free five day camping mm-hmm. trip. Um, there's a ten dollar suggested um, donation for yeah. a t shirt, but if they don't have it, mm-hmm. we're gonna give them a t shirt anyway. Mm-hmm. So that's how it started. I thought we should do something more meaningful. So we first started out with twenty five kids mm-hmm. on a property owned by Tess Marcellus, who is the 
I guess, S wife of uh, Branford Marcellus, the jazz musician. Oh. And so she owned 100 acres up in East Haddam. Yes. And actually, so my family and I would go camping with her on her property. Okay. And one day around the campfire, she said, why don't you bring some children from New Haven? And I said, that's a great idea. And so Big Turtle Village was born. We named it Big Turtle Village because we know it was going to be a slow process. That's what I was <laughs> talking about. That was my next question. Where did Big Turtle come from? Right. So, you know, I the, love it. You know, I love in, it. In, in the Native American folk and everything, the turtle is slow, but it's precise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, now, what's the ages of the kids again? Eight to 12. Okay. And we purposely advertise very late. So we leave late July. Yeah. And we'll start advertising it late June. Okay. Because we want those children whose parents don't know how to get resources or don't have resources. And these are kids didn't, these are children that didn't know or won't know that where mm -hmm. they're going to be this summer for five days right. in the woods. That's right. That's nice. right. I love to get so, so we used to advertise early, but all the smart parents take it up real quick. We used to advertise in January. By February, it was full. Oh, right? That's but right. that's not the target population we wanted. And that's what you have to do. You have to be creative. You have to think so, for, so first of all, I can hear the New York accent. So, okay, I get it. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. It was my cousin Freddie. I was close to <laughs> So, Raphael, again, nice to meet you. This is my first time. I think it's my first time meeting you. So now you're saying junta. And I worked for the Department of Social Services years ago, and we were a contractor of junta. So we may have crossed paths. The DSS. Yeah, DSS. Yeah. So we may have. Really? We lived off of DSS for a long time. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I know. But you all were a phenomenal program, very creative, and so and much needed in the community. So I think we around 2000. I'm like, hmm, I think so. So we may have crossed paths before. So, so we're doing it again this year, okay. July 25th through July 29th. And we are open to contributions. Contribution to Progressive Action 169 Grand Avenue, New Haven, Connecticut, 06513. <laughs> make sure to make the check out to Big Turtle Village and that not just home. That is funny. Well, good for you. Good for you. And we'll give you a chance to plug it in again because someone <laughs> comes on later and miss that shout yeah. out. Yeah. So, Raphael, let me ask you a question because I am not familiar with Bergamos. And so um, I don't know if you're familiar with the format of our our podcast where we have been doing this now well over a year now. Yeah. And um, we talk about interruptions in people's lives. And so some interruptions are, are good interruptions and some um, are those that really can hinder a person's life journey. And so either one, um, a good or bad, can hinder a person's journey. And so for you, what type of interruptions was Bergamos for you? Was it intended? Was it planned? Was it just like a okay, here's an opportunity. So what was that interruption for you? It was an interruption. I was at the School of Public Health at Southern Connecticut State University. Okay. Um, I was working in and taking classes, and uh, we were challenged by uh, a professor or an adjunct professor in an introduction to public health class yeah. to think of some way to impact community health outside mm. of the normal public health discipline, which is you, uh, uh, you identify a problem, illness, mm -hmm. and then you do the research and try to 
come up with strategies how to impact or, or reduce those incidents, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. We thought, um, why not the arts and why not theater? The arts are informational, therapeutic, mm-hmm. technical. It brings people together. Together, stuff we need in our community. For example, with uh, some young ladies in our community, it helps build self-esteem. Yeah, self-esteem is important because lack of self-esteem leads to other things. That's you know? right. And so um, we thought, why not the arts, and in particular, why not theater? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that's how Bregamos was born. So we started out. Um, using backyards, garages, basements. We once did a play at Bar, okay. <laughs> down, right downtown. Oh, yeah. and, and so, and just how you see how public health worked its way in, um, the first play that we did was called I Mama. I Mama was a comedy about cervical cancer. Now we know Mm. there's nothing funny about cervical cancer, but in this play, you were entertained, but you also learned um, awareness and prevention of cervical cancer while you laughed. Mm -hmm. Okay, So it's one way where theater can be used to impact people in their lives. I love it. Of course, and many other ways, of course. Yeah. 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 So when did you decide to get the building to be stationary in one place. Oh, so um, we don't. Well, like for the public to know that we we not we don't own the building. <laughs> <laughs> we are we're tenants, but we've been there. Since, but again, uh, if you'd like to send contributions, again, we've been there since uh, 2014. Um, it's the space nobody wanted. It's New Haven's best kept secret because it's hard to find. Mm-hmm. Right. So it it's on Blatchley Avenue. Um, it's in a building called Erector Square, yes. which is um, mostly all artists, yeah. and engineers, and architects, and photographers. Yep. And there are two theaters in there. There's Bregamos Community Theater, mm-hmm. and then there's Collective Consciousness, Inc., another fantastic theater in New Haven. Okay. And so, I've driven by that many times have, and yeah. could not find it. And he was like, see the driveway? I said, yes. He <laughs> said, turn left. <laughs> yeah. And so, but it's a, it's a place nobody wanted. And I can't keep people out of there. I remember once taking our, our first uh, president, Bregamos president there and saying, um, you know, this is where we're going to do it. And the person was like, no, you're going to get sued. People won't come. Nobody will <laughs> use it. But you build it and they'll come. And I can't keep people out of there. That's wonderful. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. So, Raphael, since you've opened the studio, the theater, think back of some of the best shows that you have had in there. Some of your, in your opinion, best shows. Mama's Boys. Okay. Tell so, us about Okay. So Mama's Boys was written by Candido Torado, um, a New York City writer, Puerto Rican. Mama's Boys has three characters, mm-hmm. Mimic, Shine, and mm. Thug. They're best friends. They're very young. They live in the South Bronx of mm-hmm. New York City. They are contemplating on going to the movies 
but they don't want to ask their parents or their single moms for money to go to the movies. So um, Thug comes up with an idea. My cousin has a spot. We can go to the spot, clock, get money to go to the movies. But, oh, first of all, I, let me just explain to you a little bit about these characters. So Shine wants to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Mimic wants to be an actor. Hence, his name is Mimic, right? And Thug doesn't know what he wants to do, but they're best friends. So Shine comes up with the idea. They're going to go to their cousin's spot to clock, so they called it. Mimic inherited from his mother intuition. So whenever he, <laughs> the sun covered the clouds and he threw his shoulder out, meant something was going to happen. Okay. And so... So, and so, it just so happens that the play starts where the story ends. The story starts in a funeral parlor. Oh, okay. Shine is dead. Okay. Guess who killed Shine? Yeah. Thug. Mm -hmm. Mimic sneaks in to sort of say farewell to his best friend Shine, and he starts to sort of narrate to play backwards to the beginning. Okay, okay. So they did go to clock and Shine was shining too much and Thug got jealous and this is what happened. But fast forward to the end, oh. nothing ever really happened because when they were going to go get in the cab, the sun covered, uh, the clouds covered the sun, Mimic threw his shoulder out. So Mimic and Shine mm -hmm. never got in the car. It's led to be to your imagination where the thug got in the car now. Oh, but it's wonderful. what could have happened had you taken that role. Okay. Great. So it's called so, Mama's Boy. Yeah. That was I think that was the favorite. And your the favorite. reason I say that, because we mixed uh so we had in the play, we had some one kid who actually lived the life with mm. a Yaley, who was also one of the Okay. Okay. A Yaley played mimic young Puerto Rican boy and then and and, and Thug became a who the fellow who played Thug became a teacher okay. so, you know and I now teaches but it was so it was make bringing these three people together that would never mix unless it was theater mm, they nice. would never met each other unless yes. it was not for this play okay now that's yeah, that's great and one show that you wish you had never said yes you can have your show in my theater <laughs> was, your show was great. Was there one that you like, mm, or you said no to because you didn't want that type of production in your theater? No, you know we don't turn down anybody okay. at, at Bregamos. But let me tell you what Bregamos means first. So Bregamos in Spain is B R E G A M O S. Yeah. In Spain, it means to work hard every day to slave over. In this side of the Atlantic, right, and particularly Latin America, Afro Latin America, bregamos means to make it happen, to make a deal by hook or by crook, by any means necessary, consider it done. It means all those things mm -hmm. depending how you're using the word. Mm -hmm. But so, um, you know, say you're a 
car mechanic and I'm a painter, you can't afford my services. Right. 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 I need my car fixed. So we'll, we'll bother. So maybe okay. I'll paint, you'll fix my car. But Agamos will make it happen. We'll Regamos both get what we need and move on. So that is basically our philosophy. We don't turn anybody down. Um, we don't have a lot of resources, but we are we're community, right? Yeah. So we don't own anything. No one owns any. We're just a custodian. And when people give us money, they're giving money to a community theater, not to Bregamos because, you know, this is because it's a community theater and we share our theater with other, with other folks. Okay. All right. Well, then that kind of leads to my next question for Odell. So how did you find Bregamos for your production? Oh. Um, you know, I'm not in the theater. No, not right. Listen, this is all new to me. <laughs> right. And I know theater places. So when we were on the verge of trying to craft interruptions, it was where are you going to go? Mm -hmm. And people kept saying to me, you want to find a small place because we had a very small budget and it was shrinking right. as time went on. And people kept saying, well, what, what kind of feel are you looking for? And I wanted someplace in a community. So I was always advised, you want to go someplace small. So if you pack a small place, then they could say the house was packed. <laughs> but if you go to a large theater uh -huh. and you don't pack it, folks will come out and say, eh, she didn't have a full house. So mm -hmm. it was always, let's go to a community place. Right. Um, you mentioned Conscious Theater, and they were, someone said they're going to be too small. And Bragamos kept coming up, kept coming up. And I went online, and me, I don't know Raphael, so I'm trying to do the professional thing. You know, I'm trying to email him, and he's not responding by email. <laughs> <laughs> and I later learned, that's not how you reach him. You know, you got to text him or call him. And Sharice, Sharice and Alita kept saying, you want to go to Bergamos. Sharice okay. is an artist. She used to live here in New Haven. She used to work at Clifford Beers. She's wrote many of plays, had them at Bergamos, and knew Raphael very well. She says, that's where you want to go. Because one, you don't know what you're doing, and he won't take advantage of you. Right. So you want to go there. She met with me, went over my budget, talked about too many people in the cast. This is all you're going to need. And she said, Bergamos. And I said, I, I can't reach Raphael. She picked up the phone. She called him on a Sunday. He picked up. He said, absolutely to the date. And I was scheduled to meet with him that week. And it was perfect. Ample. He forgot to tell you that the place has ample parking. So you okay. can't find it, but it has ample parking. Said you can't find it, but when you do, there's when a place to park. Yeah. <laughs> it's ample parking, and the place just felt perfect. It was what we were looking for because, you know, Interruptions is a New Haven story. Yeah, It's a community story. So we met, we discussed it, we talked about building a stage, mm -hmm. how many people, we didn't know a lot of the information at the time that we met. And he was giving me ideas. Don't forget this. We have somebody that can build your set. So don't worry about that. We need the script. The script was still under development. And we and then we was just kept talking. He knew that I was still fundraising. And then I, you know, one of the things that he did, um, Raphael did, 
is he listened to the story. He said, tell me about the story. Okay. And I told him about the story and he started to cry. Mm. And he says, I feel you. I understand. And he told me about his son. And he said, because your production is about gun violence and you're trying to make a change, he says, I'm going to give you a discount. And it's unheard of. Who does that? Mm -hmm. And he did. And he helped me, guided me along the way, told me the ins and outs, what to do, what not to do, what to be careful of. And then when the pandemic hit, it all went away anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. what is, so back up a little bit. So you said, so he told me about his son. So what about your son? Okay. So to me, the acquaintance was divine intervention, if you ask me. Um, I did uh, also suffer a trauma. Okay. Loss of a son. Like Odell lost the son. And so when we were talking, I I just, I felt everything. And, and I knew that for her, it was also therapeutic. Yeah. To get the story out, you know, so, so, that we, so that you can move on, so that we can move on. So I, my son, uh, Sacho, who would have been 20, um, was killed in... 20 March 2014 March 4th 2014 mm -hmm. him and his brother were my oldest son Clyde were in uh, Providence Rhode Island and they intervened in a fight or looked like a fight a mm -hmm. mugging and they both got stabbed with the younger one Satchel died oh I'm sorry so, yeah. yeah I'm sorry so um that's forever as you forever. know and yeah, I didn't man. know his story. He didn't know mine. And we're sitting there and we're sharing each other's pain and we're comforting each other. And then we're just talking. Yeah. And it was a, a beautiful first time meet yeah. and great conversation. That's awesome, huh? Yeah. 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 So you said the pandemic hit and then, right? <laughs> So, Raphael, for you, have you ever experienced anything like this pandemic that would just put everything on hold, theater, everything? Yeah, I it was bad things about the pandemic, but good things too, right? Oh, yeah. We, we all took time out. Yeah. Right? We took time out, time to, because we were running around a lot, not even thinking about ourselves. Right. right? <laughs> now we go to sleep. Right, 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 right. So right, the hustle right. slowed up, so we slowed up. And it was, it's good. I mean, lots of conversations, right? On the phone, family, FaceTiming, and which is good. So, yeah. for some, and then for, you know, for some people, that was great. For others, it was depressing, right? Not to be able to do your regular your nine to five yeah. or your social life. So. But I, I guess I'm thinking in terms of someone like you that was in uh, in the arts, even though you do work for the city of New Haven, but Bergamos is part of the arts and the theater. And so even how, how did you deal with the closure of the arts and theater? And then even to see never before would we have ever thought we would see Broadway closed down. How do you right. even close down Broadway like you just say no don't come and so you know but there's a group of people that obviously suffered from that closure as many people did but how did you deal with the closure well, of Bregamos the close okay well, maybe we okay. Did, maybe we didn't have shows okay and, but we uh 
partner with a comp with a group called Semillas uh, Colectiva, which means collective seeds, and we fed people. Um, Brigamos came became a food distribution place where so they come in, they set up outside. The people were coming because the parking lot is so big mm -hmm. and yes. do a, a turnaround and pick up their food and keep going and they would load the food. So they were storing food inside Bregamo. So we never really closed down. And then, of course, we always had some artwork going. So the art always, we yeah. always did the art. We did work on the theater where we, during that time. So we really never closed. We stopped shows, but it was still being used for different kind of functions. So how did you get into that distributing the food for during COVID? So how did that happen? A group called me. Okay. They knew of the theater. They knew of the spot. And they are in, uh, sort of an advocacy group for immigrants. Okay. okay. So they, they, and they've used the spot a lot. Mm -hmm. So they knew that we had the spot. And so they asked us and we said, sure. Okay. All right. That's awesome. No, you, you did not close. No. <laughs> how many people do you think came? How many families came through a day? Thousands. Now, maybe not a day, but I know over the time period, thousands yeah. of families came through. Yeah. They, were, they were there like three days a week, you know, for like four weeks. Right. Mm. Okay. It's really great. So you did food, food distribution, and what other activities did you do? During oh, people still came in and had their play readings. Okay. Had play workshops. Okay. But you know they wore masks, social distance. Mm -hmm. Okay. We were getting ready. Well, March twentieth, twenty March twenty twenty, mm -hmm. we were getting ready to do a play called My Libya, oh. in reference to uh, William Langston. Okay who was an engineer uh, in 1860-something in New Haven. And he's a black man who built mm -hmm. the Long Wharf. Okay. He was an engineer. And the abolitionists back then had this idea. Oh, by the way, this is written by Alan Appel, who writes mm -hmm. for the New Haven Independent. Um, so um, the abolitionists back then had this idea, well, we're going to send you know, we're going to free the black men and send them back to Libya. Mm -hmm. And he said, no, Mr. Langston said, no, I don't know anything about Libya. I'm going <laughs> to build my hotel right here and I'm going to call it my Libya. And, but uh, fate has it that he was framed for stealing a coat mm. and um, I guess and lost his hotel. Mm. But it's a true story and we're still going to do it. We're trying to sort good. of read. Good. We excite everybody. That's where we were when yeah. the pandemic shut down. So we're trying to get back to this. It's an important place, an important story to say. Good. And it was okay. right in his hotel would have been right here at Worcester Square on Olive Street, right where yeah. the fires fire station fire is. station. No, not the fire station, but the the, old the tire company. What's a, a mm. fire? Pirelli? No. Um, Firestone. 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 Okay, I'm okay. something. Okay. Yeah. No, you know, because I think there was I'm like a sign or something over there about Pirelli, but he's right about Firestone. Yeah, yeah Firestone. That, yeah. That's where his hotel would have been. Isn't that something? Wasn't the Comcast there at one point? Right. Uh, down around the, the corner. Yeah, okay. okay. down the street. Yeah. 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 We want to, yeah, we want to get back to that. And others, we have other stuff that we have on hold. That's a wonderful story. Yeah. No. I tell you, he's awesome. When we had to shift from the stage 
to do video recording. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to do that either. And between Kevin, he said, you got to find Kevin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he said, call Kevin. He'll help you out. And connected with Kevin, who's who's doing our, our, yeah. our, our podcast. That's how I was introduced to Kevin. And it's like, well, how do we do this? And I'm out interviewing, talking about the show. And I'm saying, well, we're not going to be on stage any longer. We're going to be um, online. Mm -hmm. And folks said, what does that mean? I'm like, I don't know yet. <laughs> it sounded great at the time. It, right? <laughs> I, I had to learn how yeah. to do everything. And so we're in the studio now because we did most of our recording in Zoom. Okay. Reverend Anderson did most of the interviews. Everything was in Zoom. All the cast interviews and most of the recording. And then we had two weeks that we had to come into the studio to record okay. so that we didn't have a lot of human contact during COVID. Yeah. And Raphael became one of the voices in the production. He's like, no, I don't want to have anything to do. <laughs> and then we're like, no, we need a voice to, to, to pray. Yeah. Remember you sat down and you started praying and we started recording voices. voices. So we had three people, um, two Yale students and two Yale students from the from the drama school, yeah, of school of drama, mm -hmm. and one from the community who's supposed to play me. Okay. And during the pandemic, she had uh, an incident in her family, and she had to go to a funeral. So the the the, the travel restrictions were: if you left the state, yeah, you could not return for two weeks. Mm -hmm. You had to be quarantined, and we could not hold the production up any longer. Yeah. I, I, we yeah, had, I remember we had that. Right, and we had a thirty thousand dollar new light system. <laughs> oh, that we didn't know how to use. Oh, that's and, funny. And, and you found that like, my the, nephew. Yeah, your nephew came my and nephew. He showed us how to use the board. <laughs> yeah, new my nephew, state of the art board. Yeah. Dwayne Thomas. He did. He did lighting in Broadway. He okay. worked for a company in New York, so he was doing lighting on Broadway for years. So I said, Dwayne, we need you. He was like, Okay, Auntie, I'm there. And he came, he looked at the system, and he knew exactly where the lights needed to be placed. He knew how to use it, knew how to use the sound system. Because something he had everything brand new in the box. Everything was just brand new. And it was still sitting in the box? No, no. Well, oh. Some of it was in the box, but we were just putting everything together. Right. And uh, so that so Adele's play made us just get it all together. So we know how to use it now. We know how to use our sound system now. So we have state-of-the-art everything. So. That's wonderful. Yeah. That is too funny. That's funny. Um, so uh, Raphael, uh, again, um, when we talk about the production, tell me really what, what um, hit you about this particular production? You were part of it. She asked you to be part of it, and you kind of were like, mm, I'm not really but, sure. What would make you not want to be sure about being part no, of it? No, I, I think the production was an important one. And like I said, because of the experience that I kind of share with Ordell, um, mm. maybe happened in different ways, and yes. because, but it still, it was an interruption in our lives. Yes, it was. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, something I like to talk about, because I know that you're going to ask the question, what you can't find, you can't Google about. <laughs> but what you can, and I need, I think this is important, and it's also part of my therapy, I like to talk about these things. Good. And one is that um, the gentleman or the young fella who killed my son, mm -hmm. I forgave in court. Okay. 
Okay. And I did it selfishly and I wasn't thinking, you know, I wasn't speaking on behalf of my family. I was speaking on my behalf Mm -hmm. that there was nothing that I could do that would bring my son back. Mm -hmm. So hating and wishing him might just revert itself on me on you yeah that negative energy mm-hmm. right this is something they try to beat out of us a long time so that's right you don't you know so i didn't want to carry that and so um when week or two after it happened and i was you know i was online just looking for some inspiration or something and i came across this story right mm-hmm. And it was about revenge. And I thought, oh, it's interesting. Let me read that, right? Because those things are still kind of in my mind. I'm a human, right? Mm-hmm. Angry and everything. That's right. So it was about a Native American grandfather and his grandson are walking through the woods mm-hmm. and they see two wolves. And the grandson says to the grandfather, Grandpa, Grandpa, you see those two wolves? And the grandfather says, yes. He goes, Mm. in a fight, which one would win? The grandfather said, well, you know, we all got a little wolves in us. Mm -hmm. You know, there's the good wolf, giant, kind, gentle, patient, generous. Mm -hmm. And then there's the bad wolf, revengeful, jealous, greedy. But okay, but Grandpa, but which one would win? <laughs> the grandfather looked at the boy and said, the one you feed. Right. Yeah. That's that beautiful. That pierced my head. Yeah. It went right through my head like, That's right. yes, I wasn't going to feed that wolf. Yeah. That's not the wolf I wanted to feed. And that was selfish said, for my own preservation. Right. Right. And you um, told me that story. That's that beautiful. It's yeah. the one you feed. Yeah. It's the one beautiful. you feed. And so in court, I told the judge, the judge says that I'm a better man than he was, but yeah. what the judge didn't know is I'm taking care of Raphael. That's right. That's you know, exactly and right. I said it, and there were some family members of mine that said, I'm not speaking for my family. I'm speaking for me. <laughs> That's right. I forgive yeah. you. And I hope that if you ever get to walk the streets again, yeah. that you do right by people. Yeah. Amen. And remember the forgiveness, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And thank you for that story again. So our last guest, we had uh, Dr. Creative, which is Malachi Eason. You know Malachi. He's the program director for the International Arts and Ideas. Okay. And he was on talking about some of his challenges in terms of bringing artists back to the stage Mm -hmm. in entertainment. He said, you know, people miss feeling the music. He said, you can't hear the beat of the music in Zoom. You know, people just need to feel it. He said, and artists are just, you know, they want to come back. So he talked about his challenges and bringing entertainment back to the green and back to New Haven and how different it has to be. But that's what he's trying to do. So for you, what are your plans for Bergamos? Well, my plan, I I can't wait to people um, sort of for the dust to settle from this pandemic because there's a we're right now we're looking for a director f- to direct my Libya this story about William Lanton right but we pr- okay. we prefer for it to be a black director okay. um, and so but we're waiting 
to see who comes up. So services, people, you know, right? Yeah. yeah, so people are still kind of like, you know, not in sync with what's going on yet after this pandemic. So we just have to okay. wait and see the people I, to come that's, back that's out. That's really and, key, right? I do. I think people have to get used to us yeah. starting to come out of the pandemic. I agree with you. Mm -hmm. I know I started, um, some friends of uh, mine have started going back to productions on Broadway and I'm like, and not, and not that I was ever a person that, you know, frequented Broadway. I think it was just the idea of Broadway that we know it's there and that it's open and that people can go and have a good time and see productions. And, but I did, I did start getting nervous for them when I started seeing them come out and going and just thinking of the crowds. And so, cause the pandemic for me is just not out of my head. Yeah, I, 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 I'm nowhere near where I was a couple of years ago, um, but I do think I have to get used to, okay, can we go back out and feel that level of safety? And what do you do when you're around crowds? And, you know, so yeah, that's really key. But, yeah. but even to, I think too, that, cause I can think you kind of talked about this at the beginning, that there's a lot of things that came out of the pandemic yeah. right things, so yeah. right there's good things but then there's also things that how people feel mm -hmm. about their abilities to be able to do something so just finding that person to say i think it would be great to be the pro pro uh, director of this production so so how are you going to find this person what does that look like like what's that search look like how do you talk about it is there like a well we do have some indeed local... for for directors yeah. you know? we, we do have some local people okay that are very busy so we're hoping that some of them will free themselves up but it, oh i'm sorry I don't... <laughs> that's okay i was like hey we got piped in I, thought, I know i was like oh that... <laughs> So we'll just keep putting the word out. We, yeah. we want somebody close. You know, we don't want to have the people to travel. I think we have qualified people right here in New Haven. Yeah. That we just they just gotta free themselves up yeah. and take interest in this play. Yeah. That's I, great. And I would still love to have interruptions on stage. And we, now that we know it's just a three cast person. Right. And to have it rewritten a little bit. And just to have it back on, have it on stage, because it's never been on stage yeah. and yeah. people coming. But they're like, well, we read the book. We've seen it online. Why would we pay to come see it? So I'm not really sure how that works. Right. But so um, the, the whole process of reading the play you know, with short, with small audiences, I think, is very valuable. Okay. Um, the audience will give you back feedback and you tweak things. And sometimes other people can see things that we don't, mm -hmm. you know, when we're trying to put a message across, how are we going to put, how are we going to, how are we going to deliver this message? Sometimes, you know, somebody else will come up and say, Hey, why don't you try? And you'll be like, you know, that's it. So that's why that whole reading process and yes. development process of a place so important mm -hmm. yes you know so um, yeah. okay okay thank you i'll make that note for future <laughs> reference and raphael it's funny um you know we're so during the pandemic 
this is really the first time that we're in the studio. So this is Odell. This is her second time. Yeah. And this is for me, my first time. So kind of get used to getting used to the mics. Just, just a reminder, just if you can stay talking in the mic, we'd appreciate oh, okay. it. Because no, no, okay. we are having a conversation. I'm, I'm we I'm want having it. a good time. I know. We're I get relaxed. I know that's, that's I exactly right. And I, relaxed. yes, and that's so. exactly right. We get very comfortable. I even want to sit like, yeah, you know, <laughs> and I got to remember, I got to sit up a little bit, so. right? So, um, just okay. <laughs> it's engaging, but it's awesome. Yeah. And I'm glad. <laughs> now, Raphael, you talked about your full time job. Uh, what is your title? What, what do you do, sir? Okay, so I okay, <laughs> so for 26 years, I worked at an agency in New Haven called LCI, Liverpool City Initiative. Yeah. And I was the, uh, since 20, since 2000, I was the deputy director of housing code enforcement. Okay. Yeah. 24 hour job, mind you. <laughs> yeah, I bet. And um, so, but this past October, I became the director of environmental health programs at the health department. Um, so I am in charge of food service, that is restaurants, um, inspections, sanitarians who uh, inspect restaurants, um, led, led uh, poisoning prevention program okay. with children. Um, that's the biggest, Yeah, my sure. biggest agenda right now is lead poisoning. Um, and uh, nuisance complaints, whether it's air pollution or water quality, beach water quality, mm -hmm. swimming pools, daycares. Um, yeah. I have a wonderful staff at the health department that um, okay. I supervise. So before Odell and I go out to dinner next time, we're going to give you a call and just say, if you could just <laughs> let us know what the rating is on this. <laughs> you know, where to go, where not to go. Yeah. We were thinking about going here. We need to know what the rating is. <laughs> I would say 99% of all the <laughs> Now, yeah. Raphael, I noticed New Haven has, oh no, is it Hamden? Hamden has inspections approval, A, B, C. A grading system. Grading system. Mm -hmm. New Haven does not have that. Yet. Yet. Oh. Okay. Only in Hamden. Why do I, in my head, why do I think I see those signs? Only but, in but oh if my goodness. But if they're open, if they're open, Okay. If they're open, they're at least to be. Okay. Right? Because um, you have to have an 80 to, to stay, stay open. open. Okay. Okay. There's no 70s. So if you go under 80, you have to close. So if they're open, they're at least to be. I never paid attention to that. Yeah. Uh, now, I remember a couple of weeks ago, there was a shutdown of a lot of local um, stores, corner stores. Yes. What yes. happened? Well, are, okay. Are you able to tell us? Well, yes. Well, we, um, the city as a whole was doing what they do, these uh, neighborhood sort of sweeps. And then many stores provide for a nuisance. Next is something you know well about, mm -hmm. right? Businesses that, that are related in some way to crime. And other problems. Yep. So basically, that was you know what it was all about. Mm. So they inspected, and you know, not many stores got closed down. The ones that did were for <laughs> food violations, for the <laughs> most part, not for anything else. That's a great collaboration then between you and community service. Yeah. 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 I appreciate that. 
Yeah. I think yeah. that should be more, uh, widely broadcasted so people feel safe. Yeah. And that's yeah. a job that you're doing. That's wonderful. Good for you. How challenging was it to do inspections during the pandemic? Um, well, during the pandemic, I was still at LCI. Okay. And we were still doing our inspections. Um, we were still going to homes. And then, you know, if they didn't want us in the house, then we have to FaceTime and show me. Mm. You know, mm. we did less routine inspections, but they complaints could... you have to do by law. Mm-hmm. So they could refuse to let you in the house? Yes. Yes, everyone has a right to privacy, and you cannot break anybody's door down. You know, for if they don't want, if if a person doesn't want to let you in their house, they don't have to. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, you, there's no way you can get in unless you see smoke coming on the out from under the door. Or, you know what I <laughs> then, mean? Then you know you, you know, might. Then, yeah, that's a different story, right? But just on basic complaints, if the person says no, it's no. So, but because of the pandemic we mm -hmm. thought well okay so we started using our devices right we we kept one clean for them mm -hmm. in a plastic bag and we'll give it to them and say show us your apartment show me the problem so mm -hmm. we can see it on the video you don't have to go in yeah wow isn't that something yeah so you are obviously a, a man that wears many many hats yes and so I, yes one of the things um, that we always ask our guests is how do you practice self-care? So just a minute ago, I was like, you know, we want to get relaxed and we want to sit back in our chair and we just, you know, <laughs> but when, how do you practice self-care and when do you practice self-care? Well, I listen to, I listen to my family and my friends when they tell me you got to shut down. <laughs> okay. It's time, right. you know, you know, so they'll always say it's time to shut down, you know, Take a week, do something, but okay. just stop. And when do you say it to yourself? That's more so, important. Say again? How do you say it to yourself? When oh, do you say it to yourself? Your body will tell you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your body and your brain will tell you it's time and you have to listen to it. Right? And, and what do you do? What do you do for I, yourself? I, um, I like bike riding. Okay. That's a, I like bicycle. And I don't have a fancy bike. I got a three-speed. <laughs> <laughs> I have a three-speed bike with leather seats and leather <laughs> handles right straight up bike but i just like i like to go to new york city mm -hmm. and i like to go to the lower east side go over the manhattan bridge mm -hmm. go down into brooklyn go through brooklyn and come back over the williamsburg bridge nice. you know those kind of things and it you know when there's festivals happening in the street and every neighborhood is different mm. right different folks you know, you know so i love that love doing that that's my best time Oh, that's get wonderful. on my bicycle or just go. That's wonderful. <laughs> that to me is therapeutic. There you go. And I yeah. called you to be on this podcast. He was at a festival. He was like, I can't hear you. I'm at a festival. I said, I'll text you. So, uh, oh, so I was at on the Lower East Side, has okay. this Loisada festival. Okay. And I go there. Yeah, I drum. Mm -hmm. I, I play congas. And so we have a sort of a, a space called Adela's Restaurant on Avenue C. Okay. And everybody brings their drum to the front of that restaurant. Oh. And we have what we call a rumba. That's yeah, awesome. That's very, yeah. That is awesome. So if we said to you, tell us or share with our audience what you would want them to know 
about Bregamos? What would you share? That um, Bregamos, the mission of Bregamos is to bring people together mm. and to provide a space where people can tell their stories and to bring people together. And um, it isn't always about the cash and carry. Um, I fight with my supporters, board members, everybody all the time because I believe that we don't own it. We're just the custodians, right? Mm. And as long as there's no liability, there's no reason for us to turn anybody down, mm. right? And A may not have any money today to do it, right? But they still got to get this stuff off. And we have the space and why not? Everything we had we have was donated to us, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Didn't come out of our pockets. Maybe, yeah, we sacrificed time, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. commitment, but folks give us money because we say we are a community theater. Right. And that's what I want people to know about Brigamos. Don't be afraid to ask. Now, there are some things we can't do, right? We're not a club. Right. We're not a nightclub. So don't ask us. Yeah. Because so, <laughs> that's not what we do that's right. not you know and yeah there's occasional parties in good taste and you know but we're not a club right. so that's not what we do we want to provide a space where people could be creative and tell their stories and share with us again how people can help you at Brigamos? yes oh people can donate <laughs> <laughs> tell them again <laughs> so yeah. Here. yeah no so yeah people can donate um you can donate right on our webpage. um okay. People can donate, but people can also bring us ideas, stories, bring us a show, bring us an event, okay. you know, and we we want that. We yeah. want people to come and bring us things and, and not be afraid to ask. And it's not always about the cash and carry. Right. It's not always about that. Yeah. That's Although it's, money's nice to have yeah. and, and we could probably get more things, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's not. The, well, you have a $30,000 light system that now works, right? right? Well, so. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, and, and, and kudos to a state representative that helped us get that. Yeah. Uh, Juan Candelari was very instrumental in us getting that equipment so that we can continue functioning and Long providing time the ago service then. to the community. Yeah, yeah. that's wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. So well, we have other things coming. I mean, there's so, so we're... We're going to get into, so we're buying a portable stage and we're getting an event tent. Okay. Right. So we're trying now to figure out the best portable sound and light equipment that we can use so that the young people can become, say, a production crew. Right. Mm -hmm. So then, okay, so there's an event cross town. They need a production crew. We'll try to make it affordable and try to make it happen right in the meantime they're learning things that's right. about production what grips and stuff so people forget that in the entertainment business whether it's theater tv talent is only 10 percent maybe right. yeah the rest is technical the rest of the folks making a living and living off it right mm -hmm. it's all technical right light sound marketing costumes hair makeup yeah set design lighting design that's sound right. that's right you know and then new haven has always been a test place for theater there's an old movie called all about eve 
Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Where they come to New Haven because the play is being tested in New Haven. <laughs> because New Haven sits between these two major theater hubs, right? Yes. Boston and New York. That's right. right? And That's if it right. made it here, it would make it in New York and make it in Boston. That's right. It's still true today. Yeah. Right? Wonderful. Well, Raphael, it was so great meeting you. And thank you again. Thank you, Odell, for inviting Raphael. This is wonderful to have thank you Thank you on. for having me. I, I got great energy from you today. <laughs> so I'm very relaxed. I can stay. I don't want to go now. Are you throwing me out now? <laughs> no. No, never, never, never. And you're always welcome to come back. But just to, for our audience to know that just like Brigamos, it was um, an interruption, but it was an, a good interruption, one that you used for the better of the community and for yourself as well because I can see the light in you when you talk about it even when you just say the name your eyes light up and so that's wonderful for people to know and part of what we share in our podcast is with our audience that an interruption doesn't have to be something that just stops your journey in life it is just that it is an interruption it can alter where we go in our life but we hope that people use our podcast to hear the messages that our our guests share and that they don't get stuck where they are but to use it to reinvent themselves and to start a different journey to help themselves as well as others around them so again Raphael thank you and thank you Odell for inviting him on well thank you for having me and please invite me back so we can talk about some public health messages that that, i would love um, particularly lead lead and lead poison i would would love love to come back and talk about that yeah i would love that that would be wonderful okay thank you and please remember to click on subscribe you can find us on youtube spotify and please like us so that you can hear all these great, wonderful podcasts we have going on this summer. Raphael, thank you again. Thank you, Odell. All right. Thank you, Kathy.